Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't stop praising me. that you need, amen, I hope it's that a word, a word that's right on time, amen, for you, amen, thank you, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, amen, and so for my subject on today, God has given me the title, amen, the birth of something big, amen, the birth of something big, and I'm going to call this this series Family Matters, glory. Um, and I've just been doing a lot of reflecting, amen, towards the end of 2021. And you know, during the holidays with most of us, I don't want to assume, but most of us are around our families, amen. And, and you know, the holidays are different when you get older from when you were little. I was age and the level of excitement that I had around Christmas time and the holidays. And now that I'm older, now that my parents are older, and my aunts and my uncles and everybody's older and having lost my grandmother in 2021 and this being the first Christmas without her. Amen. And then knowing other members in the house have lost a a parent. Amen. So close to the holidays. It just made me realize how much family matters, but not just our blood family, but our spiritual family, because it's nothing like having someone there to help pick you up, somebody to pray for you, somebody to stand by your side, amen, somebody to walk with you. And the Bible tells us in Amos, how can two walk together unless they agree? Amen. And so as I go into this series, as we go into the new year, this is the first Sunday of service for us in 2022. Um, But as we go into the new year, I want you to know that family matters. Um, Having somebody on your side, having somebody to guide you and walk with you matters. And so many people um, today are trying to do things on their own. They come up with their own plans. They try to go their own way. And I want to tell you, that won't work. That won't work. Amen. God built us to be in community. He built us to be surrounded. He built us to be around other people, to hold us accountable. And so on today, I'm, I'm praying and I'm hoping that today will be the birth of something big in you. I know that I'm praying that it would be the birth of something big in me. Amen. I already feel them working. I'm trying to hold back these tears. Amen. So that I can preach this word. Amen. But my pastor taught me that when you cry, it's a sign of humbleness. And so I wonder how many of y'all walk around trying to be strong. Amen. When really you need to be weak. 
And then really you need to weep because the Bible says, blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted. If you never break down and you never let God know that you need him, how can he how can he make it better? How can he fix you? How can he reach down and let you know that it's going to be all right if you're pretending that it already is all right? Amen. So I'm just so thankful to be in this family of God, having a father that I know cares about me and has my back. Amen. So in this year, I want us to try to live with the expectation that God is up to something big, right? That God is up to something big. And as I say this, I I began to realize that a lot of times we say we want more of God or we say, God, where are you? Like we're looking from him. And then we get him when he starts to show up, we get afraid and we try to say, whoa, hold up, hold up now. God, I don't want you in that particular area of my life. And so we began to hinder his spirit. And so the Lord just began to show me. He just began to tell me. I want y'all to know that before God speaks to you, before God says something, his spirit has to move first. And I want to I want to prove that to you today by going to Genesis chapter one, verses one and two. The word says, and y'all can stay seated. The word says in the beginning, when God created the universe, The earth was formless and desolate. There was nothing there. And it feels like that sometimes in our life. There is nothing there. The the, the Bible says the raging ocean that covered everything was engulfed in total darkness. How many of y'all have felt like that in your life? Like your life is raging out of control, but you don't see any light. You don't see any way out. And so then the Bible said, but the spirit of God, where it says, and the spirit of God was moving over the water. So sometimes when there are storms in your life, God is still there. Even though it's darkness, God is still there. And his spirit is moving. So the spirit is moving, and then all of a sudden, God speaks. So if you know the verses after that, the Bible says that God spoke, and he said, let there be light. But before he spoke, the spirit was moving. So the spirit moves before God speaks. So a lot of times, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on responding to the word. So, for example, I'm standing up here talking. Y'all looking at me, but these words don't mean nothing to you until the spirit moves in your heart. And a lot of times what we try to do when we hear a word, the reason that it doesn't hit us or it doesn't attach to us is because we're fighting the spirit. We don't want it to touch us. We don't want it to go in them places. We don't want it to we don't want it to move over our dark places. So a lot of times we put a lot of emphasis on I know the word or I heard what you said, but we don't respond to the word because we don't allow the spirit to move. And I want to tell you all the spirit been pulling on a lot of us in here for a long time and we keep running. We, we keep running. We keep ignoring. We keep leaving God on red. We keep trying to go the other direction. We keep avoiding people. Amen. But we 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 want we want to be healed. We want God, but we want a lot of spirit to move. I heard my wife tell she told somebody the other day, you know, you you you're angry at God, but one day God is going to show you all them times he tried to intervene in your life and you stepped over him or you looked the other way. You're going to be standing before God and you're going to be saying, God, where, you, where were you? And he's going to show you every moment where he tried to intervene and you ignored him. Amen. 
And so I began to, God took me next to Psalms 51, 18 and 13. He took me to Psalm 51, 8, Psalm 51 verses 8 through 13. And this is when David had committed his sin with Bathsheba. And if you know anything about David, like David is this great king, he's this great warrior, but he made one of the gravest mistakes in his life. And when he made this mistake, he felt like this, well, he didn't feel like the spirit of the Lord left him. The spirit of the Lord left him. The word says, and so David began to pray. And this is the prayer that some of us need to say today. David said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. David said, I want to hear your voice again. But he had enough sense to know that in order for me to hear from you, I need you to renew a right spirit within me. See, sometimes y'all, we we go to people and we ask for advice and we want an answer, right? We want them to tell us how to fix it. I can talk to you all day, but until you allow the spirit to move in your life. Until you allow the spirit to move in your life. And I, and I hope and I pray. I'm just I'm, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this in there, and I hope that it blesses this brother. And I hope he don't feel no way about it. And I and I hope that he's watching online. So for most of us, we know that the the Cox family buried um, Papa Cox right before Christmas, and God allowed me. I'm gonna say He blessed me, and He allowed me to to preach the eulogy. And, I, and I'm so thankful that from preaching that eulogy, it touched uh, Brother Anthony's, this Tony's older brother, it touched his heart. And the Lord allowed me to see that it was not what I said, but that his spirit was moving before I even opened my mouth. And that's what we don't realize. Like God is always four, five, six, seven hundred thousand million billion steps ahead of us. He's already so many steps ahead of us that he's moving before it even becomes our time to receive a word. He's already trying to prepare your heart to receive a word before the word even gets there. But where we mess up so many times is we quench the spirit. So when the word comes, it doesn't do anything. David had enough sense to know that I messed up and I just can't get back right after I messed up. Lord, I need you to renew a right spirit in me. I need the spirit to move again in my life. He says, rejoice, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Ain't no restoration of joy without the spirit. Then in that 13th verse, he says, Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. There is no way that anything that I say could have moved Anthony's heart if it hadn't blessed and touched me first. Because otherwise, I would have been standing up there preaching a lie, and the Spirit wouldn't have been speaking through me. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Your words mean nothing. Amen, baby Ellie. 
Your words mean nothing. Your mouth can say anything. It can say anything. Your mouth can say, I love you. Right? Your mouth can say, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be there for you and I'm going to never leave you or forsake you. As soon as you have a bad day, you know where to be found. But the Spirit of God, I'm so glad he's not like man. And so on today, God is trying to birth something big in you. And I begin to think, what's the biggest thing that can be birthed? What is it like when God is trying to birth a Jesus experience in your life? And I say the closest thing I can find to an experience that big would would have to be the actual birth of Jesus. The actual birth of a savior. What was that like? And so I want to take you to Matthew 1. Verses 18 through 21, and it says this was how the birth of Jesus took place. His mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they were married, she found out that she was going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was moving. Joseph, a man who always, the words that he always did was right, but this thing was too hard for Joseph. Normally, I'm going to do right. Now, y'all, y'all thinking, what you mean it was too hard? If, and I, if you was dating somebody and they got pregnant and they told you that they hadn't been sleeping around, but that this baby was born by the Holy Spirit, are you still going to say, I, I believe you, I'm going to marry you? Now, you a good man. You ain't just no regular. You a good man. You always do what's right. So Joseph, the word says he always does what's right. But this thing now was too hard. He did not want to publicly disgrace Mary. So he made plans to break the engagement privately. While he was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, and I want to stop right there. So I want you to know the Bible sets it up that way because the word in that first, with that 18th verse it says, that she found out she was going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. So the spirit was already moving. Joseph was getting ready to turn around and break this thing off. But because the spirit was moving, when God sent an angel to speak to Joseph, Joseph was able to hear. Some of us be trying to figure out, like, we be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need somebody. And God be trying to send us a word. And we be like, no, that's not it. That's because you done quenched the spirit before the word got to you. Right? God be searching and he be trying to, he's looking for us. So when the word gets to us, we will respond. So the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. For it is by the Holy Spirit that she has conceived. She will have a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people. From their sins. Many times. God's plans for us. May seem illegitimate. Right. Many times. God's plans for us. May seem illegitimate. Like God I don't know. How you trying to birth this thing in me. But this don't feel right. And it's the same thing. Joseph God was trying to do something. In Mary's life. And in Joseph's life. And all the people's life. But Joseph was about to break that thing off because he didn't want to be the father of an illegitimate child. How many of us break off what God is trying to do 
because we think that thing is not, it don't seem right, and that's not mine. That's not mine. Like, that suffering is not mine. That trial is not mine. That pain is not mine. That grief is not mine. Right? We want to pick and choose what God has for us. So many times his plans seem illegitimate. They seem out of place. We want to do the right thing, but the timing doesn't always fit our plans. God, I'm supposed to be right here. I'm 26 years old. I'm 27 years old. I'm 30 years old. I'm supposed to be right here right now. I'm supposed to have this right now. His timing doesn't fit our plans. And the level of difficulty of what he asks of us sometimes makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to embarrass ourselves or God. I'm not ready, God. I'm not ready to live for you. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to start and then have to stop. I want to clean up first before I come to you. Well, who told you you're going to get her tomorrow? We often try to cut ties with him before that happens. We think if I can keep my relationship with him casual, the less pressure it will be on me to be in a committed relationship. Mary, I'll be your friend, but I don't know if I can be your husband because you got this baby. We can still be friends. Joseph was getting ready to break that thing off. Do you know how much of a blessing it is to be called a father, to raise the Savior, to be the mother of the Savior? How much of a blessing it was to raise that baby that's going to take away the sins of the world? He was getting ready to walk away from his blessing. If we can keep our relationship with him casual, it's less pressure than being in a committed relationship that requires responsibility. Joseph didn't know if he wanted the responsibility of raising somebody else's baby. Mm. Just like Joseph, we often have second thoughts about taking ownership of the things that God is trying to birth in us. Lord, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want to be responsible for having to minister people that's been in abusive relationships. I don't know if I want the responsibility of having to minister to boys that are lost. I don't know if I want the responsibility of ministering to people that have same-sex attraction. Right? I don't know if I'm strong enough to do that. I don't know if I'm strong enough to tell my testimony. I don't know if I'm strong enough to be committed enough. I don't know if I'm strong enough to live for you. We have second thoughts about taking ownership, but if you listen closely enough, you might hear and you might even feel the Holy Spirit saying, don't be afraid to take on this assignment. Because spirit-filled assignments is God's way of introducing us to the Savior. If Joseph didn't take on the assignment, he might have never known Jesus. If he didn't take on the assignment, if he didn't take on somebody else's assignment for him, he might have never known Jesus. The Bible says in the 22nd verse, now all this happened in order to make come true what the Lord had said by the prophet. Everything that happens to you in your life is happening to you for a reason. So that what God has said about you from before you were in your mother's womb can come to fruition. He's trying to bring you to a place. 
he talking to Joe, he's talking to Joseph, and he's saying, Joseph, I know this don't make sense to you, but all of this is happening, so what the prophet said can come true. A virgin will become pregnant and will have a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. If you don't take on your assignment, don't expect God to be with you while you doing what you want to do. You out there doing what you want to do. Don't expect God to be with you while you're doing that. God, when Jesus was 12 years old and his parents were looking at me, he said, don't you know I'm about my father's business? Like, you want to be about your business and then you don't expect God to be about his. So when Joseph woke up, he married Mary. He woke up from that dream. He let the spirit move. He responded, right? He let the spirit move. He heard what the angel said. And then the third piece of it, he responded. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He married Mary. As the angel of the Lord had told him to. But he had no sexual relations with her before he gave birth to her son. And Joseph named him Jesus. And the reason that 25th verse says he had no sexual relations with her, because we got to give God credit for being father. Don't insert yourself in there to make yourself feel better. Maybe it's mine. Because maybe she wasn't showing yet. Maybe she wasn't showing yet. So if I sleep with her, then I don't have to walk around with the shame everybody knowing that that's not my child. So he tried to see he didn't want to insert himself in it. Because you got to give God the credit of being father. Too many times our plans are man-made. Each day we engage in spiritual intercourse. Yoking and tying ourselves to the things of the world. You thought sex was just him and her? No, we lay down all the time. We lay down all the time with things we're not supposed to lay down with. And all of those things we lay down with going to produce a baby. It's going to produce a baby. When we lay down with things of the world, all they produce is sin and death. But when God, but when the Spirit births something in our life, it produces life. It produces, it produces fruit. Something comes from, from it. Now the Bible says in the second chapter, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judah. During the time when Herod was king, soon after, some men who studied the stars came to east, came east to Jerusalem and asked, where's the baby born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star when he came up in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was very upset. So was everyone else in Jerusalem. He called together all the chief priests and all the teachers of the law and asked him, where would the Messiah be born? Signs of life, signs of God trying to birth something in you are all around you. But only the wise know where to look. These men came from afar because they saw a sign. Are you smart enough to see the signs that God is placing on in your life today that's pointing you to the same? Or are you going to just say, oh, okay, that's over there and then walk the other way? Signs of life are all around us. But only the wise know where to look. Are you looking for the Messiah? Are you looking for Jesus to show up in your life any day now? Are you looking for the birth of something big? Even though it feels illegitimate. 
Even though you feel like that ain't mine, that baby ain't mine. Even though you feel like that, can you feel the spirit moving? So when God gives you a word, you're able to respond. King Herod was upset because there was a challenger to his throne. He knew that a challenger to the throne had been born. If you want God to birth something in your life, you got to give up your seat on the throne. You got to give up your seat on the throne so that God can have his way. Amen. 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 Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand. For his word. The birth of something big. Amen. The birth of something big. Amen. God is trying to birth something in your life. Amen. But you can't walk away from it. Even though it may feel like it's not yours. Even though you may feel like it doesn't belong to you. Amen. He's trying to do something big. 